It is such a blessing to be here with you all tonight. Um, one of the things I wanted to first start off with is thanking the Lord for your pastor, Keith, and his family, because he loves you guys, talks about you guys all the time, brings up all the things that you're doing, all the wonderful things. So, you know, he doesn't want to pat on the back, I know that, but he, like everybody else, needs encouragement. So let's encourage them tonight. Amen. So let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this honor and privilege to, to be able to speak to these young adults, Lord. The, the, not the, just the future of the church, but the church of now, Lord. It is a pleasure to be here tonight. Lord, I thank you for them. I ask that you just help them to just grow closer to you. Allow the Holy Spirit, Lord, just to fill them up, Lord, as they serve you. Lord, let them know that they're not ever serving alone. And tonight, as I serve you, Lord, I pray that you help me to bring everyone as close as I can to you, Lord, and to leave them there, Lord, in your presence. Lord, I'm asking that tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Have you ever uh, been asked to do something, even for the Lord, and you kind of, the day of, something else came up, something kind of like, oh, I wish I could go to that. And you go, and you're like, oh, man. And you get there, and you, 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 you kind of walk through the motions, and you do it, and you, you know, it, it's kind of, it's cool. You did it, and you can go home and feel good. But what if you changed your attitude about it? What if you went in, and even though you could have been somewhere else, you said, I'm serving God. And you walked in with an attitude of joy. And when people see this, they see that joy in your life, and it changes people. It, it, people will see Christ in you. You know something I love a saying that says that people will not care what you say until they see that you care. Amen? That's right. right. So when we serve God, serve Him with joy. Serve Him with knowing that you're, you are part. You are a servant of the God Most High. Isn't that wonderful? Now, come on, you want a self-esteem boost, everybody. You are a servant of the God most high. Let me ask you this question. Are you? Are you? Tonight, we're going to talk about two brothers, the sons of thunder, James and John, and how they got their mother to ask Jesus a question. And we're going to see what Jesus says about that. We're going to call Brother Andrew up, and he's going he's to read from Matthew 20, verse 20 through 28. If you turn to your Bibles, or we have it on the screen, and we'll have our brother, brother Andrew read Matthew 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him with her sons. She knelt down and asked him something. What do you want? He asked her. Promised, she said to him. That these two sons of mine may sit on your right and on the and the other on the left in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? We are able, they said to him. He told them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at the right and the left is not mine to give. Instead, it is those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten disciples heard this, they became indigenous with the two brothers. Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, 
and those in high positions that act as tyrants over it. Let me turn. Them. It must not be like that among you. On the, on the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many. Blessed be the word of God. Thank you so much, Andrew. Great job. Let's give him a round of applause. So everybody, isn't this a mother thing? Now come on. You know, I love, you know one of the, one of the reasons that I love the scripture so much, not just that it's the word of God, God breathed, a life changer, but it's so real. It's so real. This is something that our mothers would do, right? They would go to Jesus and they would say, Please, make my son, my sons, make them great in your kingdom. So believable. You know, do you believe the word of God? Do you let it move you? As, as Shalom had asked that question, what was, what was Jesus' response? Very simply, you don't understand. You don't get it. See, they're having what I call an attitude problem, stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. It happens a lot. Especially in our world today where we have a lot of negative thoughts. See, the thoughts were, who could be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Right? Who could be the best? How many times have we, we thought about that? I want to be the best. You know, if I don't have the perfect job, you get down on yourself. If you're not living the life, the way the world looks at you, you start thinking, am I, am I any good? See, that's not from God. See, God says what? He says, the, the least shall be the greatest. Do you notice in context here that as you look through this chapter, Jesus had just taught the parable of the vineyard. See, God thinks differently than us people. Do we understand that? He thinks differently. He says that when you serve him, he remembers. See, what they didn't understand was it wasn't about what they were, where they were at or who they were what they were about. It was about how they lived and how they served Christ Jesus. See, Jesus says right off to his responses, can you drink from this cup? Do you know what that means? It means you're going to have to suffer because Jesus suffered. Are you ready to be baptized? When you serve, are you ready to serve God with all your heart? Do you know that through serving sometimes, you're going to have to sacrifice? You're going to have to suffer a little bit. But in the end, the joy is so great and wonderful. You know, I can tell you for myself, I can tell you that I weighed, back in 2006, I was going into Iraq for the first time. See, I had been trained, right? I was an army chap, but I was all set. I was going over, and we were calling, saying we were going to go over in a helicopter over the berm to go into Iraq. And what that means is that you're leaving a safe zone to go into the war zone. And I was going to a place called the Triangle of Death. Now, how do you think my wife felt when I told her that's where I was going? You know, that's not some good news, right? Well, but I was prepared. So I went over, and as I was in the helicopter, I realized something, that I wasn't prepared. See, I was thinking that Brian, Chaplain Murphy, was going to be able to do it, do these 14 months, lead his people. But I, I realized at that moment that I couldn't do it without him. That he had to take control. That I had to be the lesser and he had to be the greater. 
See, that's the problem here for James and John. James and, and John, were, they, they realized that, that they couldn't really drink from that cup. Later on, they had to sacrifice themselves, but they didn't really understand. You see, they had the wrong attitude. Think about that for a moment. What's your attitude like? When you serve, what's your attitude like? See, they had the wrong attitude about things. Sneaking thinking, like I said. And what they thought was, is that if I could be the greatest, what they found out that serving Christ was going to come at a cost. Amen? Amen? And sometimes it does. Sometimes it comes at a cost. See, in this world, we get told a lot of times that it's about us. It's about self. i got to get mine, right? Things like that. You know, if I'm not getting ahead. You know, when I was a kid, there was a, there was a gas stations, and the gas stations that they had when I was a kid were what they called full service, and you might not understand what that means. But when you went to the gas station, you would have somebody wait on you. Like, literally, they would check your oil, they'd fill your gas tank up, they would do everything, you know, check everything with your car, and you knew the person, you know, because it was a full service. You know, I even remember their names, Clarence and Gary. They were the two guys, we had two gas stations where I grew up, and they were full service. When you got there, they would say things to you like, hey, Brian, I love the football game you were in, and they would tell you things, and they would talk to you. It was full service. But you know, today, do you notice we have self-service? Mm-hmm. You see, that was the problem for James and John, is that they were thinking about themselves and not the kingdom of heaven. Think about that for a moment. What, what kind of servant are you? Are you a self-server? Are you a full servant? See, Jesus needs in the kingdom of heaven servants that are full service. Servants, amen? amen. Ask yourself, is that who you are? See, that was the problem for James and John, is they didn't realize that. Because what we do a lot of times is we think that if we're not up front, if we're not preaching like I am, or if we're not pastoring a church, or if we're not, you know, special in the eyes of the world, then we're not important. And I'm going to tell you that's one of the biggest lies out there. You are important to the kingdom of heaven. You are going out to fill the city. Keith and I are equipping you to do that. But at the end of the day, you have to go out. You see, we have to change our thinking to be more like Christ. What did Christ do? He humbled himself. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he humbled himself to become a servant. Doesn't that blow your mind? You know, actually to think about that Christ left heaven itself to come to this world to serve us. He said, I came not to serve, to, to be served, but to serve. See, we've got to remember, what we do is important in the kingdom of heaven. But if we're thinking wrong, if our attitude is about thinking like the world, we're going to miss out on a lot of things. There's a story about a man named uh, St. Francis of Sisi. And what he did he was a great man in his time and he did a lot of godly work and as he was going around and and a lot of people wanted to hear him preach so all these seminary students all these future pastors wanted to come and spend time with him and he would take different ones out and they would spend the day with him 
Well, then one it's time, it says there was a, a young man from the seminary. He shows up and he's with Francis and, and they get together. They do the morning reading and they spend time in prayer. And he's waiting. He's excited, right? Because he wants to hear this great sermon. He's been hearing about how great of a preacher he is. So he's so excited. And he's thinking, I'm ready. We're going to go into the town and we're going to save the souls. We're going to save everybody in the town because I'm going out with him. And as they go out together, he, the first thing he does is instead of going to a church somewhere or the city square, he knocks on the widow's, the baker's widow. See, the widow had just lost her husband, who was the baker, and she was still trying to feed her family and keep her job. So St. Francis walks in, doesn't say a word, and he starts kneading dough. Well, the seminary think that's good. That's nice that he's doing this. And he spent time, and they spent hours there. And then after that, the seminarian's going, yes, now we're going to leave here, and he's going to go into the city, and man, we're going to save souls left and right. He's going to preach the word. But as they go, they go to the hospital. And St. Francis, he turns around and starts making bandages. And he starts praying with people. But he's barely saying a word to them. He's just doing things left and right. Now the seminary kid is getting excited, right? He's getting a little bit upset. Because he's like, this is my only time with him. I haven't heard him preach one time. So finally at the end of the day, it's getting late. And finally, the young man just had it. And he said to St. Francis, he said, St. Francis, I've been with you all day. And you haven't preached one word. And St. Francis turns to him and says, Preach the gospel all to the world in the name of Jesus. And if you have to, use words. <laughs> Did you get it? You know, what you do is important to God. You know, when you serve Him, even things that you think are small, if you do it in the name of Christ, he remembers. Now that is some right thinking. That is some full service. You see, James and John didn't understand that until later in life. Remember that you are a servant of the God Most High. How are you serving? What are you? How and what way are you doing today? When someone looks at you. Do they say that is a servant of God? Do they see Christ in you? What if this? I, I, what if, 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 if you're at a party or a barbecue and you know how people always come up and they ask you your name and the second question is always this, what do you do? Right? Come on now. They always say that, right? What do you do? What if you did this? Here's a drop the mic moment. What if you said to them, you know something? I serve God. Think about it. Everybody awake back there? Think about that. <laughs> what if you just said that, you know something? I serve God, and that is enough. What if we all started thinking like that? What if our attitude was more like Christ Jesus? And we started thinking it, that we didn't start becoming self-conscious about what we are or who we are, how we look. But we are servants of the God Most High. Amen? Amen. Every single one of you here tonight that believes that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and puts their faith in Him is serving God. Think about that. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we are saved by faith. Correct? Great news, 
right? Everybody, wonderful news, right? You are saved by faith, right? But not by good works so that we may boast. But here's the thing. I have heard that. I hear people say that left and right. And it is true. But do they ever read the next verse? But you are handiwork of God made to do good works. Come on, people. Come on. Don't you know who you are? You are a servant of the God most high. God thinks you're special. Every time you go out and serve God, you make a difference. A real difference. You are investing in eternity, everybody. Do you realize that? The one thing I want you to realize is that when you serve God and you are doing it for Him and not yourself, you are investing in eternity. Do you know back in the day when the servant of the king showed up, it was a big deal. This king didn't even have to show up. But they knew that when the servant of the king showed up, they better treat him right. They better listen. They better listen to that person. And that person knew that they were representing the king. They were a servant of the king. When we go out to do God's will, do we remember who we are? Isaiah chapter 6 says, the Lord says, Who shall I send? And Isaiah says, Send me, Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Do you believe this, though? See, the question tonight I need you to ask is, do you believe? Joshua, verse 24, one of my favorite verses, chapter 24, you know what he says? I love it. At the end of his life, he says, you can serve whoever you want. You can serve the idols and the, the false gods that you used to serve, or... You can serve God. But for me and my house, come on now, me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Do you believe that? See, the question I want you to think about tonight is, do I belong to God? Am I a servant of God? And the challenge I want to give you is, are you serving? Are you serving? When someone looks at you, do they see Christ? Are you serving? See, James and John later on realized that. John actually was exiled for his faith. James was killed for his faith. They did drink of that cup. But you know what they did? They served the Lord. Now, I want to get serious right now. I want to get real tonight. Are you a servant of the God most high? Here's the thing. You can't be unless you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You can't. It's not possible. You can have all the hopes and dreams. But without him, you can't be a servant of God. I'm going to ask you tonight, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Do you have that confidence you know, I'm going to tell you right now, every time I serve God, I don't have confidence in myself. I have confidence in Jesus. Amen. I have confidence that he's given me a spirit of power. Amen. Let's hear that again. A spirit of power. Not one of fear. Not one of worry. Then why do we allow worry and fear to stop us from serving? Doesn't make sense, does it? No. Because he's given you what? A spirit of power. 
So when you serve God, you know what he says? He says this. He says every time he makes a promise and he asks you to do something, like the Great Commission, oh man, the Great Commission, dear to my heart. I want you to think about that. I heard a quote from one of uh, uh, Keith's uh, good friends and mentors that he said that when, and I'm probably going to mess this up, Keith, I'm sorry, but I got the gist of it. He said that, listen, you know, if a church gives up on mission and serving, they lose the power of the Holy Spirit. But when a church focuses on mission, and I'm going to add in servanthood, they loosen yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Come on now. You want to say, we raise our hands and pray and worship, and we worship God. But when we leave this church, are we going out with the power of the Holy Spirit? When we are serving God, do we have confidence? Can't have it without Jesus. Can't do it. You know, one of the last things Jesus says is that he who was ransomed, he's given himself taken on the role of a servant, humbled himself, that his mission was to come here and to die on the cross for us. You know, when we look at the word servant or slave, it means that you're owned by something. Sin owns us. Worry, lack of confidence, sins that are in our lives, things that hold us back, fear, they hold us down. They chain us. They stop us. And you know what Jesus does? He comes and he breaks those chains. Because he humbled himself and gave his life for you. Boy, that's some really good news, everybody. But do you have it? We can tell people we serve God. We can tell people we're Christians. But if we don't have them, if we have not surrendered, you know, that is a the military term we don't like to hear in the military. Surrender. But in the Lord's army, you got to surrender. We're not in the secret service. We're in the service of the Lord. Are you ready to surrender? Has God touched your heart? Let me ask you this last thing. What are you going to do next? How are you going to serve How are you going to do it? So I'm going to call up Keith and the, the worship team, Simon. And, and it, you know, I don't know if Keith's probably done this before, but I would love that if you can't, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, or if you'd like prayer, or if you'd like just to say, you know, Pastor Brian, I'm struggling. I, I, I want to do those things. I want to be a servant of God. I want to say things like, as for me and my house, I've served the Lord. But I'm, I'm not there yet. Today's the day. Don't miss out. People, a lot of times in my 26 years of being a pastor, I've heard people say, well, I'll get right with Lord, the Lord. I'll start serving God when I get my stuff together. Or, or when these things change. Or when I have time. Or all these excuses. They're excuses. You know what God is saying now? Now is the time. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, step on up. We'll pray for you.
If you want us to pray for you, just that you have something you know God has given you a vision. God says, you know, I want you to start this mission. I wanted you to go on a mission trip. I want to do these things and, and you just don't feel ready yet. Come on, step up and we'll pray. We'll pray that you have that confidence. Don't be afraid. Step up. Now is the time. You know, like I said, we don't need Christians that hold back. We need Christians that are going to step up and serve. Are you a servant of the God Most High? Lord, I give you thanks and praise for being able to come here tonight and sharing this message, Lord. And Lord, as we look back at James and John, Lord, we know that they, they got it, Lord. They received your spirit, Lord, and it changed their lives. They went from asking silly questions like they asked you, Lord, to be a man of God that gave their life, that laid down their life, that wrote your scripture, Lord. Lord, and there may be a James and John out here now, Lord. There may be someone now that is that is that you're speaking to through your Holy Spirit right now, but they're they're, they're staying back. They're 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 not thinking they're ready, Lord. But we know that with you, Lord, all things are possible, Lord, and that you will never leave us or forsake us. Lord, I pray now that if there's someone here that they just step up. They just step out. Lord, we're putting it in your hands and through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.